good to be here once again with you tonight. Um, thankful for this opportunity as always to uh, study God's Word together. Um, I've enjoyed the, the series thus far. Uh, we've had great topics all the way up until this point, And my hope and prayer is that I don't mess that up. We'll uh, have a good conclusion to the series. Um, I've been assigned the topic, as you can see at the bottom, uh, praying and watching always. And I'll tell you, this is not a piece uh, of the armor of God, if you will. However, um, as we're going to see in just a moment, it was uh, mentioned by Paul after he went through the different types of the armor of God. And so obviously it was very important and necessary for us to understand today in the armor of God. And, uh, and I'm just going to go right to it to start. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And verse 18 is where, we're, where we have arrived. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Um, the song we just sang before the, the sermon, uh, The Battle Belongs to the Lord, that's important for us to understand as we study the armor of God, as we've talked about this entire time, every single one of us individually as Christians are at war against the devil every day. And we have to understand the side of the devil versus the side of God and that the battle belongs to the Lord. That the, the battle is going to be won by the Lord because He's the Lord. And so the, really the question is, which side are we on? And tonight we're talking about being prayerful and watching in towards that end. Um, this is a picture that kind of represents uh, a battle, if you will. Um, a lot of times before a big game or a battle, uh, there'll be a, a pre-game speech, if you will. Uh, the coach or maybe another player will try to, uh, try to motivate everybody to get everybody ready uh, for what's about to take place. Um, there was uh, something that came to my mind as I was putting this together. Uh, there was a scene that I remember one time that really stood out to me. Um, and it's more from a physical standpoint, but I believe there's spiritual application. Um, this football team was about to go play uh, somebody called the Giants. And they just, in and of themselves, they, they could not beat them. I mean, they were, they were little people going to play literally Giants. And they couldn't do anything about that. And so the coach tried to ramp them up, tried to encourage them, motivate them to say, hey, you got to do what you can do. Remember what you have. Remember, we may not be able to outplay them, but we can outsmart them. These types of things. And I believe here uh, in this context, Paul is telling us, look, there's a battle about to take place. And against the enemy, you against the enemy, you will lose. But if you have the old armor of God, and if you're prayerful, 
as you put on this armor, as you go into battle, you can win. We know time and time in history, that's always been the case, hasn't it? We can think about in times of history, we've had sermons about that in the Old Testament where this small army of God's people beat this big army that was way bigger than them, that was stronger than them. But because God is God, we can take comfort and we can know that if we're doing the right thing, if we're on God's side, then He has the battle and we're going to win. And Paul talks about being prayerful and watchful in this. He gives that, uh, that speech, if you will, to, to, to motivate us to be ready. Now, one thing I want to, to look at real quick that interested me, in this context, in this one verse, uh, the word all is used four different times. Four different times. It says always. I know that's not you know, the word all, but Always, all prayer, all perseverance for all the saints. And so Paul is, is really, I think, emphasizing this verse from a very extreme standpoint of how important this is because of all these things that are mentioned. And I want to dissect this, if you will, uh, to begin. Praying always. Um, I want to start off by asking, how often do we pray? How often do we pray? Is it only at meals? Would God consider you to be someone that is praying always to Him? It's easy to get through that uh, in, in your life to just, you know, I'm about to eat, so I'm just going to pray to God. And it's good to pray to God before you eat. But are we just thankful for food from God? Is that the only time that we go to God is when we're about to eat? It's important that we always pray to God especially because we're at war with the devil every day. Would God consider myself to always communicate him, to talk to him? You know, you think about a battle. Do you think about a soldier? What if that soldier never went to the general, never talked to the leader of the army? How do you think that would go? Do you think that he's going to stand a chance? Probably not. We need to consult with God. He wants us to be prayerful when we're going through this battle, before we go to the battle, in the battle, after the battle. Are we praying to Him always? If we do have a poor prayer life, are we willing to place more faith in God rather than ourselves? Because I, I believe that a lot of times the reason we don't go to God is because we're really not thinking about God, are we? We're thinking about ourselves. Or maybe we're thinking about somebody else that we're going to place our faith in. So if we have a poor prayer life, are we willing to put our faith in God because He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. This is His battle that He's going to win. Are we willing to put faith in God in response? Do we truly understand the importance of praying always in our daily spiritual warfare? Since your soul is on the line, are you willing to respond? This is, I mean, this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is our daily spiritual warfare with the devil. And so, if we're not going to pray to God, do we think that we even have a chance to defeat the enemy? We don't. We don't stand a chance at all. God wants us to always pray to Him. How often do we pray? Do we pray always? And then it says, with all prayer. I don't think that was um, just Him, you know, just talking about prayer overall because He just said praying always. I believe the point that's being emphasized here is that every type of prayer we can think of, whether that's a public prayer, whether that's a prayer in private in our closet, whether that's at a, a meeting we may have uh, at meals, all prayers, we need to be praying always to God. 
and thinking about God and having faith in God. All prayers to be praying to God. And then it says, and supplication. This word supplication comes from the Greek word desis. Um, and that's from diome, which is a petition. Prayer, request, supplication. This is in Strong's. And so you see these words, prayer, request, supplication. This is basically the, the main idea we're talking about. And so I went to Thayer's and got uh, a little bit more specifics. Um, and so that Greek word desis has basically two meanings. Number one, need, indigence, want, privation, penury. Number two, a seeking, asking, entreating, entreaty to God or to man. And so basically, if you look at that word supplication, um, what's the word that comes to mind that's a part of the word supplication? Supply, right? That God will supply us our needs, right? In order for God to supply us our needs, what we need, we have to realize that we're in need, that we're lacking something. And if we're not going to Him in prayer and we go throughout this battle alone, then we're not realizing that we're in need of God, that we're in need of the tools that He's given us, the, the armor of God to equip us. And so this word supplication is talking about that. And I'm afraid a lot of times when we pray, a lot of times we may pray that formal prayer. And I'm not saying that's wrong. We need to understand what we pray. But we need to also realize that we need things from God. That He's our Father. We're not just praying to a, a, a being. We're praying to God, our Father, who wants to give us these things. And so we need to pour out our heart to God. Um, there was one time I had, um, when I was younger, I used to, to post different things on social media. I didn't quite think things through. Um, and I talked about basically the idea uh, some people would, would say, God is my bro, or God is, is my best friend, whatever. And I had talked about that uh, from a standpoint of, of God is, is God. He deserves our respect. You know, he, He's the powerful God. He's holy. He's just all these things. And somebody had commented on that and really brought out something to me that I didn't think of. A lot of times when we think about praying to God from a very formal standpoint, we forget that Jesus came to this earth. Jesus understands us. And that Jesus is really our brother. Jesus is our friend. And He's the mediator in that prayer. And that God wants that intimate relationship with us. I understand. We, yes, we need to understand what we pray for. And don't just, you know, ramble off different things and, and go crazy. But we also need to open up to God. Uh, last Sunday... Brother Jacob gave an excellent sermon, or uh, Nathan gave us an excellent sermon on Hannah and her devotion to God. It said that Hannah poured out her heart to God in prayer. And we may think, whoa, 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 you need to take it easy a little bit. You know, you, you're going a little crazy sometimes. And we don't need to go crazy, but we need to pour out our heart to God because we're in need of God. We're in need of the things that He wants to give us. Do you realize that need in the battle? In the spiritual battle that you're in every day? That's what supplication is talking about. There's this idea that is talked about uh, in this parable that Jesus gives us in Luke. In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in, uh, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Nor, or now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. 
And he would not for a while, but afterward he said with himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I will tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And so Jesus gives this parable about this man. And it says that that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And it talks about this judge uh, and this widow. And this widow had constantly gone to this judge over and over and over again. And although this judge was not a God-fearing judge, maybe not a religious person, if you will, because that widow constantly came to him over and over and over again, she, he wanted to grant her that request. And God is basically saying here, you're my child. I want what's best for you. How much greater am I that's going to accomplish that for you? It says that whenever, uh, verse number eight, I, uh, I will tell you, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? A lot of times we just don't pray to God enough because we don't have enough faith in God. Because we're not maybe seeing the different things that are happening in our time. But God is always there all along. He's the one we're praying to. We're not just praying to a wall. We're praying to our Father who cares about us. And He wants us to always pray to Him. To pour out our heart to Him with all prayers. Because He cares for us. Because He's our God. He's our Father. And this parable emphasizes that. This is a parable that was given by Jesus. So this is a point that Jesus wants us to understand in our prayer life. And as we're talking about tonight in our spiritual warfare. Now it says also that when we're praying, it needs to be in the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you're like me sometimes, whenever you're praying to God, sometimes I'm just at loss of words. Maybe that's a time where, you know, you're going through something that's just difficult. And you just don't know what to say. You just don't know what to say. Maybe you end up just weeping because you don't know what to say. I don't have the right words. I'm praying before an almighty God. What am I supposed to say? The beautiful thing about prayer is that whenever we don't know what to say, it says that the Spirit makes Himself intercession for us. The Spirit is just as much a part of God as the Father who we're praying to. The Spirit is eternal. And a lot of times we may try to box up the Spirit, um, and maybe that's an effort because we may not understand the workings of the Spirit, and, and you know maybe it's sometimes complex in our mind, but the, 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 the simple fact is that the Spirit is alive and well, and it's a part of God just like God is, the Father and Jesus the Son. And when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit will help us. The Spirit will intercede on our behalf to go up before God's throne and say, Father, or say, God the Father, this is what that person's asking for. This is what they're needing. Because ultimately, spiritual battle requires spiritual prayer, doesn't it? This is a spiritual battle that we're in every day. So whenever we're praying, we're not praying just in and of ourselves, but we're praying in a spiritual way for God to hear our prayer and to grant us that prayer 
as we battle the devil every day. Spiritual battle requires spiritual prayer. Now it says, being watchful to this end. At first, whenever I had seen um, the idea of being watchful, I thought it was just talking about just watching out for different things. And I think there may be a part to that here. But it says being watchful to this end. To this end. And I believe that's in regards to prayer. Different times in uh, Scripture, you'll see the word watch and pray used together. You'll see those used together. And I'm not saying that all those contexts are saying the same thing. But I think it's important that we understand that we need to be watchful in prayer. We need to be watchful in prayer. I want to talk about that. I want to give this um, example here to, to kind of di- Im- uh, illustrate this point. In Matthew chapter 26, um, I'm going to black out the screen for a moment. In Matthew 26, this is when Jesus, um, Brother David alluded to this in the, the communion service this morning. This is when Jesus was praying to God. Jesus was about to die on the cross. He was about to go through the hardest thing that he'd ever have to go through for, in, for all of us. And he would go out into the garden and he would pray. And we're, we're not talking about just a formal prayer. We're talking about him asking God to let this cut pass from him. If there was any way, because he knew what was about to happen. And so he went out and prayed. And his friends and the disciples were with him. And it was late in the night. They, they were tired. They'd gone with Jesus. They'd, they'd done all these different things. And Jesus came back and saw them, and they were sleeping. Now, I'm sure most of us would probably be in that situation. But Jesus went back and said, can you not watch with me? Can you not pray with me? And he'd go back a second time and do the same thing. But this is what he tells them here in verse 41. It says, watch and pray, lest you enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, in this context, there's the idea, obviously, that Jesus is talking about maybe the temptation, that word temptations mean really trial. Maybe that's talking about specifically falling asleep, literally, in this, in this context. That is, that is an option. But we also know that as Jesus was to be crucified, they would all be tried. They would all be tempted, too. Because... They were questioned whether they knew Jesus, weren't they? And you know, all of them, especially Peter, he had a heart after God, didn't he? <laughs> he was fired up for God. He wanted, he wanted to do all these different things for the Lord. And so whenever Jesus was saying the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, our spirit may be willing. We may be wanting to do these things for the Lord. We may have a heart after God, but our flesh, our flesh is a war, isn't it? Our flesh is like a a monster that's never satisfied. And it doesn't matter who you are. We all have flesh. And so a lot of times, or or sometimes what happens is that overrides our heart and our desire um, overall for God, our fire for the Lord, because we're weak. And that's why Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter temptation. Lest you enter temptation. We're going to be tried. We're going to be tempted in this life by the devil every day. That's a part of life. And we need to watch and we need to pray. We need to pray to God always. But we need to be watchful too. We need to be looking out for these different things that Satan uh, does to us 
And we need to also be watching out for those opportunities to pray to God. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. You see, it's great to pray to God, but if we're not watching for those opportunities to pray to God, then a lot of those opportunities are gone. A lot of those opportunities are gone. You know the scripture says pray without ceasing. And yes, it, it, it's impossible to go, you know, uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day to pray to God. And that's not what he's talking about in that context. But basically this idea that we have a prayerful life. That whenever something's happening to me in the present moment, that I'm going to drop to my knees and I'm going to pray to God. Or maybe I'm going to be at my office desk and I'm going to pray to God. Or maybe I'm about to go to bed and I'm going to pray to God because I have an opportunity to do so, especially when I'm weak. Especially when I'm weak. I know you see all the different things that happen in the workplace every day and in school. You're going to see when you're tempted a lot and when you're tried a lot. And it's in those moments that we need to be watchful. In those moments. And maybe it's embarrassing sometimes. Maybe it's weird. And we can pray in silence too, and that's okay. God hears our prayers either way. But pray to God and look for those opportunities like we're talking about, being watchful in the prayers. It also says with all perseverance. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. With all perseverance. We have to endure a lot of different things as we're going throughout this race. And notice what it says here in Hebrews. A lot of times when Paul was addressing um, the, the churches whenever he was writing them letters, he wasn't necessarily saying us all the time. But in this context, he said, and let us run with endurance. And he just talked about in the previous chapter, the heroes of faith, if you will, those people of faith in the old law that did all these great things. And because we have all of those examples, it says, let us put aside sin and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're going to have to persevere. We're going to have to endure throughout this race, throughout our battle. And then it says in supplication for all the saints. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Verse 7 we read just a moment ago, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Look what verse 8 says, and above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. There's nothing like knowing that you have brothers and sisters that have your back. That have your back. The verse we just read, we know we're on the same team. We know we're on the same team. It's never good whenever you see a soldier alone trying to fight the battle. That's never a good thing. But the good thing is that we're a part of the church. We're a part of God's family that he's given us so that we can have each other's backs. It says that is supplication for all the saints. For all the saints. There's brothers and sisters in Nigeria that I've never even met that I know care about me. And in India and Belize and I'm sure in China and all across the world. We have the church today to help us in this battle. And I'm telling you, why not take advantage of that? 
And why not help your, your fellow brethren? Why not help your sister in Christ, your brother in Christ? Because we need each other as we're going throughout this battle. This is a, a, a scripture that we're familiar with that I think summarizes everything that I'm trying to say. Maybe I could have just read the scripture tonight. But this is what I think it kind of is summarized into. In 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 10, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Isn't that what this is all about? Is that we're here to serve God and help each other? It says that if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. And that's amazing to me because this is the God of gods. This is a glorious God, a holy God, and He's going to lift me up if I humble myself before Him. And it says that He wants us to cast all of our cares upon Him for He cares for us. Verse number 8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. This is a beautiful verse. In number, verse number 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. That word vigilant means to be alert, to be on the lookout, basically to watch out like we're talking about in this context tonight. And why does it say to do that? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If the devil is going to find you weak, he is going to try to devour you. And that is why we must be watchful. But it... But look at verse number 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. That the things that we endure today, whether that be trials, whether that be temptations, as we suffer throughout this life, that we know that all these things are happening to all of us in God's army. It's not just because I'm a particular soldier in the army. It's because I'm on God's side. The devil hates my guts. He wants me dead. He wants me to go to hell with him. But God wants me on his side. And so we must be willing to go through these sufferings. And verse number 10 is a conclusion. But, the may, but may the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Won't you give your heart to God? Won't you follow after God as you go throughout this spiritual battle? As we end tonight... I want to ask the question, what can we pray and watch for as it pertains to the armor of God? We've talked about all these different pieces of the armor um, in detail as we've gone throughout this series. And as a conclusion, how can we really pray? How can we be watchful as it pertains to these things? Number one, we need to pray that we're going to be readily equipped. We pray that God would maybe give us the blessings of life, that God would um, put us in the right situations at the right time. Maybe we pray that we would preach the gospel to the world. How can we preach the gospel to the world if we don't have the ready boots of the gospel? How are we supposed to go throughout this world full of lies and hypocrisy if we don't have the truth with us? 
We need to be equipped with these things. And I'm not saying you need to know the entire Bible. I'm not saying you need to know every single detail about the gospel. But we need to have on the armor of God because the devil's going to come after us and strike us. And he's going to try to kill us. And so if we're equipped, we'll be ready in battle. Number two, having the strength to endure the battle. You, you and I have, have seen people in the church today that have lost the battle. That have left the battle because it's just too much. It's too hard. And maybe there's other reasons for that, but the, the really the, the base, the foundation of that is it's just too hard. And they're not looking to God for the strength to endure the battle. We need that strength. We need the courage to go throughout battle. And God is willing to give that to us. Pray for that. Pray for that when the time comes. Pray for that ahead of time. Number three, build up the army as we fight together. As we look throughout the church, maybe not just Pearland, but all across the world, we know that we're a part of the, of the greatest army of the world. That's the army of God. That's going to last forever. That will defeat anybody because it's the Lord's army. And we need to build each other up because we have brothers and sisters that need our help. We have brothers and sisters that need our help. I'll tell you, there was a time in my life after I became a Christian, after, and I went back to sin. And I went into sin every day because that's what I wanted to do. I devoted my life to sin. And there came a day where I said, this is enough. I've got to put this away. I've got to do something about this. And there were a few brothers in Christ that were willing to help me. That I could text in a moment whenever I was tempted. And they would say, you got this, brother. You can do this. And that makes the difference in the world. We have accountability partners all across the church that are willing to help us. So why don't you allow them to help you? And why don't you help them? We all have different weaknesses. I've got weaknesses. David's got weaknesses. My dad's got weaknesses. All of us got weaknesses. But the beautiful thing is that we have each other to help in those weaknesses to build each other up. Let's pray for that. Number four and lastly is to rely solely on God to deliver us and to win the battle. That's the beautiful thing about this is that this battle is not eternal. <laughs> that that battle ends one day. You know, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said that he has fought the good fight. That he's finished the race. And this race is a long race. It feels long. The years go by and some days are harder than others. But one day, this battle is going to be over. And you won't have to fight for your soul any longer. Because you're with God, with the army, in his gates, in his home, in his city. But while we're still on earth, God expects us to go to him to rely on Him so He can give us the victory. Do you have faith in God? Do you believe that God can deliver you from the hands of Satan? If you don't, put more faith in Him. Give Him a chance. Because this is God and this is His battle. And this is a battle for your soul. We need to be prayerful and we need to be watchful for those opportunities to pray to God. And tonight, this is an excellent opportunity. This is an opportunity where we don't judge anybody that comes forward, but we help those that come forward. And maybe tonight you have been fighting for your soul and you, you just need help. 
And that's not anything to be ashamed of because that's all of us. But maybe tonight you request the prayers of the church. You desire the prayers of the church to help you. As we, as we study tonight, those that humble themselves before God, God will lift them up. If you will humble yourself tonight, God will lift you up. God will give you the strength, the courage to wake up and to fight the devil again the next day. And tonight you have that opportunity. Maybe you've just gone through a lot of different things and trials in this life that have been thrown at you and you need the praise of the church as well. Or maybe tonight you'd like to become a child of God. Whatever the case may be, come have a seat on the front row as we stand and sing.